You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about how you can determine which media is right for you. There are so many ways to deliver your message today, and we'll give you our tips for selecting the best media for you, your message, and your clients. That's up in a bit, but first up, it's our success interview. Today we are talking with the founder of Right Outside the Box, Cricket Harrison. Cricket's passion for helping entrepreneurs maximize their creative potential. She recognizes that many talented and innovative individuals don't fit in the traditional business systems and practices, and so she takes a more personal approach, leveraging the learning style of each individual, which I love. I'm really excited about our conversation today and know you're going to learn a lot. Welcome, Cricket. Thanks, Janelle. I'm so glad to be here. I'm excited. We haven't talked in a while, so I'm excited to learn more about what you're doing and, and your business and what's up. I'd love to start each of my guest conversations by asking you to share with our listeners a little bit about your business, how you got started, and how it's evolved over time. Oh, yeah, no, that's such a great and loaded question, I think, sometimes after 16 years in business. I think I started because I knew I needed something else to do. I had worked for years and tried the stay-at-home mom thing and loved my kids dearly, but just felt I needed something more. And in the beginning, I think I was a lot of people that you just kind of went after what came to you. And over these last 16 years, my focus and my niche has changed and grown and expanded so organically. It's just been, it's just been a wonderful experience. I started out using that college degree, right? How many people use that Mm -hmm. uh, with psychology and communications and really focused on helping individuals learn to work the way they work best. I got tired of seeing children in schools, kids in college and adults out there in fields saying, why am I failing or why am I not good enough? And it wasn't that they weren't good enough. It's that they were doing something that was nowhere in their natural wheelhouse, their natural talents. They were, you know, they were shooting themselves. I should do this. I should be a doctor, but they weren't a math science kid. Uh, I should be a lawyer, but they weren't a language kid and didn't enjoy the process. They were always being told what to do and then feeling bad because they weren't reaching their potential. And for me, it was really easy to find out, you know, how they worked best, what did they do, what did they need to do to set themselves up for what I now call smart success. 
and get them going in the right direction. And working with these clients, most of my clients ended up being entrepreneurs, and the business just grew and evolved over time. And we come to 2018 now, which I can't believe it's even this year, for those of you listening, you know, things change. And now so much of my work is helping those same people speak their message. And so we've gone from what do I do and how do I do it best to now really how do I perform at my top level for me and the way I work in my business. I love that. And I love that um, you call that smart success. Because I think a lot of people do try to, to fit into a certain mold, but it's just not the way they learn. It's not what they're passionate about. It's not what they are really good at. And so many of our guests that we've talked to, the really successful ones are the ones that have really had businesses that have evolved over time. They've listened like you to a need in the market to what people are looking for. And that's how they take what they're really good at and really Fill that need, which can create an amazing business for you that gets great results for your clients. Yeah, and I just have to say it's so much fun. I think, I think that's the biggest thing. When you take somebody, even in their you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s, who says, I was never good at this, and it's like, well, it's not that you weren't good at it. You're just not doing it the way your brain processes information. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they go, oh, my gosh. You know, for years, I thought I couldn't do this, and I can do this. And it changes their opportunities, and it changes the way they view themselves, and it changes what they're willing to try and do. And it's just a really incredible experience to be a part of. I absolutely agree. And, you know, I'm finding, I'd love to get your thoughts on it, I'm finding that more people that I talk to are really um, hands-on learners versus concept learners, and I know I am. I never did well with memorizing facts and figures and all that, but give me something that I can apply, that I can actually do and see the results, and I can learn and teach myself all sorts of things, but I just don't get it if I don't have something to immediately apply it to. Right, and so it's great that you know that about yourself. I see so many people, I always use conferences as such a good example because people come into conferences and they bring their computers and they frantically type notes, which is, and I hate for somebody hearing this, but you've got to hear it. It's actually very distracting to the people around the room, and they actually mm-hmm. don't. It's proven in science. You actually don't mem- get better memory that way. You're better off recording something and then go, going back and transcribing it. Um, mm-hmm. It's all about how, what gets into your working memory. How do you work best? So, Janelle, you were just saying, I work better. I'm more tactile, hands-on if I can see it and apply the knowledge instead of just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right, And some people learn better just by hearing. If I can just hear it, I get it, and I can do it. And some mm. people, I mean, we're all visual, right? That's just, a, you know, a mo- for the 99% of us, that's our dominant. But if you take that away, what's next for people? What's the mm. next thing that has to come in? And when you can hone in on that, and this is, you know, people take this for granted, but it's such an important skill when you can hone in on that and understand how it works. So for my auditory listeners always or learners, I always find this fascinating. So you, if you're an auditory learner, languages are easy for you. Music is easy for you. A lot of those people can play music by ear, and I'm always so jealous of that. But <laughs> it's, also, 
the interesting thing is if they're struggling with something, they need to talk about it out loud. So even if they drop their voice lower and they're whispering to themselves, mm-hmm. it's not enough to just to, for them to think it in their head and kind of think you're, well, I know what I'm saying in my head. They need to actually, their ears need to actually activate and hear your voice. So I always tell my auditory learners, if you're struggling with something, you need to speak it so that you can hear it. And people say, well, isn't that verbal? And it's actually a little bit of both. But it's a really interesting concept of people, you know, auditory learners learn best through hearing, through the information coming at them through, through their ears, through sound, through mm-hmm. whatever that looks like for them. doesn't mean that they're just talking themselves in their head and kind of that idea that you're hearing your own voice. It's not the same. But it can really, if you've ever sat through a meeting, if any of you have ever listened, listening, sat through a meeting or even listened to a podcast and kind of zoned out and pulled back in, Mm-hmm. You're probably not an auditory learner, and you need to doodle. You need to draw. You need to do something, take notes, or create something visual for yourself so that you're, you can pay attention and stay focused, and that's going to help you retain the the learning and the listening because sometimes we're there and we're like, I know I was at that meeting, but I can't remember what was said because mm-hmm. the, bra- the brain just didn't have anything to ground itself to, if that makes sense. It needed something to hold on to to stay present and if you're not 100% auditory, it's really hard for us. And, you know, big thing for people, doodling is not a rude thing. It's a way to stay present, as long as you're not drawing faces of people, of course. But it's a way to stay present. There's great TED Talks out there on doodling and focus and how to work. And the biggest thing that I just, I just really love for people to get that light bulb moment is, oh, this is how I work best. And to understand the setting, it's even an external environment. What's the environment you need to be in to work best? How are you at your top shape? And performers and athletes do this all the time. And I think in business, we don't treat ourselves the same way. And we need to, you know, everything we can do in business, we've all heard do what you're best at, not what you're Mm -hmm. worst at, right? right? Because you need to perform at your best. Interesting, and I love, I love this approach. So how can someone determine what type of, of learner they are? Because I'm sure a lot of people are listening and saying, oh, now, you know, now it starts to kind of make sense. So how can they figure out how they best learn? What would you, how would you direct someone to figure that out? I really try to work with people internally, meaning you can take tests online, but I try to do it as you don't really have to go take a test. Uh, mm-hmm. And some people don't want to hear that, but you don't have to pay anybody. Yay. Think about where you have been most successful. Go back to your school days. Think about what knockout PE and art, arts creativity. I get that, but everybody says, mm-hmm. oh, PE and lunch, right? No. What were you best at? Were you better mm-hmm. in languages and English and history than math science, right? It's a different mm-hmm. way that the brain looks and analyzes things. If you were good at a language, break it down. Were you better at reading the language or speaking the language? And there's usually a very distinct line. I just had this conversation with someone the other day of these people could read a language. I can read it, but I'm far better speaking it than reading it. And that Mm -hmm. has to do with how you learn and process. Mm -hmm. Um, When you took tests in school or when you took classes, did you like groups or individuals? Did you like... Did you like uh, essays versus matching or fill in the blank, right? There's a Mm -hmm. learning style in there. And then you can read about learning styles and kind of notice, well, everything I do fits over here. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. happy, of course, to speak with people, and I do that. But I really think this is something people really kind of have a gut feeling about. They just Mm -hmm. forget to apply it to their life. 
Mm-hmm. Like they may have applied it in school, you know, in college. I know I've picked all my college courses based on the way they were designed because I knew that in a certain environment I was very successful and in a certain environment it was a big struggle and I wanted mm-hmm. to be, you know, to go where I could be the most successful. And probably lots of people did that. People probably chose professors or whatever it was or people probably chose their first jobs out of school based on what they were enjoyed. Or Even if you worked at the mall, like you chose something that inspired you or that you felt you were good at for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and you'll look, you'll start seeing a commonality. All those things had to do with music. You're probably auditory. Um, Notice how you read. Can you read magazines? I always love this. Can you read magazines and things on a Kindle, or do you need a real hardback book? Mm-hmm. I know for myself, I can do what I call a beach read or a light read on my Kindle, but mm-hmm. for my business stuff, I need. I like a book. I'm still the old-fashioned. I like to touch it, feel it. That tangible piece for me, that tactile, helps me with the learning. Mm-hmm. And I think people can kind of figure this out um, just literally by looking at your own history and your own success pattern. That's interesting. And as you're talking about that, because I've always been, uh, when I, cause I love to read, and I'm always one of those ones, and, and Michael always laughs at me because I'm one of those ones, he'll never read a book after me because it's underlined. There's notes all over the margins. There's all of that. But, but I've really... Um, been able to, which I never thought I could do, is move towards the electronic version where I can highlight it. I've learned how to add my some comments in notes, but I journal as I'm doing it, so I'm able to really pull out the key things that I want to remember. So I've actually been able to shift how I do it, which has been interesting. Um, but you know, which I think people can can make that adjustment because uh, I'm, I'm traveling so much. I don't like to carry all the books, so I had to find right. another way. And it actually, it actually has um, worked pretty well. Well, and that's actually a great example of a you had a motivating factor, mm-hmm. and b you had the maturity that you didn't have as a teenager or a twenty something to be able to look and say, it's not because I can't do this. I'm shifting this to learn a different pattern in order to help me moving forward. Mm-hmm. And you didn't come at it from a place of I'm not good enough or I can't do this or this is not for me. You mm-hmm. came at it of this is just new technology and I just need to see how, how can I best adapt it for me so that I can make my life easier. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, you know, Amazon says that 90% of the novels um, that are sold are now on Kindle, but only 60%, but um, 60% of the business books are still in printed form. So that absolutely goes in alignment with um, what you're saying. That's fascinating. So yeah, there's, how, there's something to having to think through, like uh-huh. you said, and, and the highlighting and the touching. It just, the mm-hmm. more you actually have to use your hands, Mm-hmm. And again, you see, people probably have seen this article floating around Inc. Magazine Entrepreneur. It's on Facebook and LinkedIn. The more you mm-hmm. are, are engaging all of your senses, the better it's mm-hmm. going to be for your working memory. Mm. I love that. So how have you taken your passion for learning styles and for helping people and turned that into a business? Because people always say, I've got, I love to do something, but I don't know how to turn it into a business and monetize it. How have you done that? So what I started doing was I, I started 
with the specialty, I always said, I help people focus, follow through, and finish what they start. Uh, there's a zillion pieces of information out there. And as, as you know, people probably heard, there's no new information most of the time. And people have lots of ideas and know what they want to do. But it, yeah, it's that piece of how do I focus on one thing? How do I pick what to do? Part of that is actually based on learning style and understanding how you think and understanding what a distraction looks like to you. And so I work with those people to help them sort through that, to sort through all the stuff out there to find what I call like their golden thread, their common piece mm-hmm. of what works best for them. And, you know, part of my talk when I'm speaking to people is for me, I found that I grow my business and work best through speaking. So I do a lot with speaking now and I train a lot of people on how to use speaking. Not all of my clients use speaking and that's perfectly fine. I have one friend, she's not a client, she's a friend. She is an absolutely brilliant writer. She's one of the mm-hmm. people that can just throw up a post and you're like, oh, that would have taken me hours if I could only write like that. And that's because <laughs> writing is her gift and I'm more verbal than she is. So it, again, it's about learning what's the medium, what's the best way for you to mm-hmm. get your message out there to grow your business. And then again, it comes back to, okay, even if you are, like for in my case, speaking, I still have to be able to have a focused topic and a, and a flowing talk, and then I have to follow up afterwards. Mm-hmm. So all those pieces keep showing up. With everything you do, there's this, what am I focusing on? How am I going to get through it? What are my obstacles that get in my way? Mm-hmm. And then how do I finish it and complete it? Because in the business world, it's the finishing that doesn't get done mostly for entrepreneurs. And then sometimes you'll see it in corporations as well. And mm-hmm. that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. They'll do all the work. And then, you know, it's kind of like when the excitement ends and the brain's not stimulated anymore, they don't want to do the ending piece. And that ending piece really, it's almost like writing that thank you letter after an interview, right? That's mm-hmm. the piece that kind of helps seal the deal. Mm-hmm. And and that follow-up and finish is just so important. And again, from my end, it's, okay, well, the way you think to follow up might be different than the way I think to follow up. Yes, there are some standards we want to follow, but mm-hmm. my follow-ups might be in a quick video email. Somebody else's follow-ups might be in a phone call. Somebody else's follow-ups might be in a letter, right? It's what works best for the person, the business, and what they're trying to um, accomplish at the end result. Mm, that's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, we need to take another quick break, but when we come back, I want to go ahead and continue this conversation. And um, you've given me a lot to think about, and I have some more follow-up questions for you. This Great. is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business 
Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today in our success interview, we're talking with Cricket Harrison, the founder of Bright Outside the Box. And if you missed our conversation before the break, you absolutely need to go back and listen to it. She shared some great um, golden nuggets, and I loved when we were talking about focus follow through and finish. Um, that just, I think so many people start things and they don't finish them. They're, you know, people that want to be perfect and perfection does not exist. So what happens is people, you know, wait until it's perfect and they miss that opportunity. And I love Cricket how you shared that, you know, the money is in the finish. It's really getting that done. So how do you get people to um, really understand that? Well, gosh, there's so much. There's so much to it. Part of it is to what you said is, is to understanding the perfection piece and when is done enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I'll have to admit this is a hard one for me too because I think as entrepreneurs and especially creatives out there, you have this vision for where you want to be and what you want to create. And sometimes we don't have the we have the vision of the end result, but not all the steps. And we don't realize that all we might have 10 big steps, but under each 10 big steps, there's 10 medium steps and 10 small steps. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's hundreds of steps, and we stop. We get mm-hmm. overwhelmed and lose sight of the idea because it has to be that perfect end result. Mm-hmm. And um, perfection is a big thing. I, I do a little talk that I love called Discover Your Procrastination Profile. And one of the profiles is the perfectionist. And the perfectionist never, ever gets there because it's never, ever good enough. And the thing that we need to understand is it never will be. You know, we were not designed as perfect beings in that way, shape, and form that nothing is ever wrong or out of place or a wrinkle. Mm -hmm. And it's actually those things that teach us. I always say it's like a toddler. Toddlers learn to walk and balance, and their body and their brain learns to balance because they toddle and fall. Mm-hmm. And yet as adults, we're not willing to toddle and fall. We want to, so we wait and we wait until it's right. And then we say, mm-hmm. but what about this? And we try to analyze everything and we wait some more and then we don't get it done. And then we feel exhausted because we've spun in circles doing all this work, but there's no result to show from it. And then the response is usually, oh, well, that didn't work anyway. I tried it. Right. And they really didn't. So, so it's a couple of pieces. It's really attacking and addressing what is procrastination? What is, and perfectionism mm-hmm. is a form of a pro- procrastination. It's a way to keep, your, keep yourself safe. Mm-hmm. It's a way to keep yourself from being wrong or being less than, and it's based on a fear. 
Mm-hmm. And the only time it is not based on a fear from a procrastination standpoint is just when the desired result isn't clear. But when we're talking perfectionism, yeah, it's a bar that can never be reached. And for some people, it's like, well, if I can't get there, why even try? And they stop short. Right. And I always tell people that it's really important to think about why you're doing what you're doing because when you don't get started, the people that need you don't get the help. They don't get reached. So, well, you know, you may not be doing it because it's not going to be perfect, which is sad for for you, for the person who's doing it, and you're not going to make the money doing it that you could. But the ones that are the real losers, I believe, are the ones that really need what you have to offer and just aren't getting it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge in, in that end because they just can't see it. And these people are oftentimes exhausted because they mm-hmm. feel like it's like they're for every step forward, they take take a step back. Now, they might turn Mm -hmm. around and step forward in a different direction, but they're still stepping back. And pretty soon, it's like this little dance they're doing with themselves. And they feel like they've had a lot of movement, and yet they're in the same place, and they have nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like it's like planning a wedding. It's all exciting. It's all fun. Well, I guess for most people, it is. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure it's here. But the big day comes, and then there's still stuff to do at the end, right? Or the Mm -hmm. details get in the way, and all of a sudden people are overwhelmed and overloaded. Or the big day comes, and now there's stuff after the big day, and you're like, well, the big day's over. Like my Mm -hmm. launch, if you're in business, my launch is over. Well, yeah, but now there's all the follow-up. Now there's all the stuff you have to do. And the other thing that's really interesting, and it's why I like to always compare things to a big party or celebration, is something always goes wrong. Mm-hmm. in an event like that, right? And the only people that know are the host and those involved. Everybody else thinks it's perfect. Right. And you might say, oh, that was such a great party. And they'll go, oh, well, this didn't work. Well, we don't know that. So don't focus on what's not working. Focus on what is working and look at the big picture. And again, perfectionism in that place looks different to the experiencer, to the end user. It was a great mm-hmm. event. For the person hosting it, maybe it wasn't the bar, that picture that they had set in their head that was unattainable, mm-hmm. but it was darn close. Right. And I think we, we forget to see that and we forget to celebrate what is working, what is moving us forward. And again, that creates self-doubt and we start this cycle again of the am I good enough because when it mm-hmm. comes to focusing, when the next thing we have to focus on, we start wondering and questioning ourselves, am I making the right decision? This is what happened last time. Do I do it? And we just start this, this cycle of doubt. Right. And I think as women, we tend to look at what we didn't accomplish and not what we did accomplish. We can right. do 10 things amazing and that 11th thing we didn't do that well and we always focus on the one we didn't do versus what we did. So I know I've really learn to take a step back and, and really, you know, look at what I did accomplish. I think it, it makes a huge difference. Um, and, and just to kind of, because um, I do want to speak, talk about um, speakers and, um, and speaking, because I think that's a, a really big opportunity. But I know for me, when I'm working on a project, because I love the way that you said, you know, there may be 10 steps and then 10 medium steps and 10 small steps. I know for me, I do tend to get overwhelmed when I'm thinking about, I know what I want to create and I know what I want my end 
product to be, but I get stuck in, okay, how do I get started? What do I do? I'm fortunate because I, you know, Michael's an expert at doing that, so I can talk to him and say, okay, here's what I need, and he could, he's got a way of breaking it down step by step and coming back and saying, okay, here's, here's the pieces you need to do, where for me, I get overwhelmed. So I always recommend to people that they find a coach, they find someone who can help them break it down, you know, someone like yourself that can kind of walk them through, help them with the follow through, because I think that they need, most people need that, they find out what you do really well, find out what you need help with, and get a collaborative partner, get someone to help you move through that so it, it keeps moving everything forward and you do get finished. Absolutely. I think, you know, I think it's, it's a misnomer for people to think that we make it on our own. Nobody, I mean, we weren't designed as human beings to make it on our own. We were designed to commune and have community and to have support and to help each other. And it's the same in business. If you look at any successful business, if you go mm-hmm. to the Richard Bransons, if you go to the corporate, they didn't do it on their own. They might have had right. ideas, but they had people supporting them for the things they were not good at. I, there's a quote going around, and I can't remember who says it, but it's something to the effect of, no, gosh, I don't know if it was <laughs> sad to sound it was Einstein or Jobs at this point, but it was something mm-hmm. to the effect of, you know, you hire people smarter than you so they can tell you what to do next. <laughs> not so you can not so you can tell them what to do, right? You want your yeah. mentor to be someone who who can see your blind spots, who can see again, like Michael can see those pieces for you. Mm-hmm. That's what I do for my clients too. I say we don't even start. I never go to the how because the how can shut the brain down, right? It, and you can kind of crush your dream. But I say, okay, if six months from now you're hosting an event and you're speaking or whatever, you know, what did you do to get there? And we work backwards. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I did this, and I did a promo. Well, what did you do for your promo? Well, I did this. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you do And then we start saying, okay, what's our timeline working backwards of what needs to be done? Mm-hmm. And what do we need support with? What can we pass out to an assistant, to a designer, to someone who it's their expertise, and what is it that the client needs to actually focus on? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So I'd love to spend our last few minutes together talking about um, speaking and, um, you know, because I know that's something that you can do is help people get really clear on, on what they're doing. And I know you said that speaking has helped, has tripled your business. So you've got a real good insight. For me, I know a lot of people think they're a speaker and they're, they've got an incredible message, but they're not a speaker. They can't boil it down. So how can you, how do you work with people and how can you help people really get ready to share their message in a bigger way? Oh, so I love this. Speaking is just my absolute favorite thing in the world. And, and I'll just say, you know, I got into speaking, I think I mentioned earlier, because that's something that is very natural for me. It's one of my Mm -hmm. natural talents. So again, teaching people to use their natural talents. Now that doesn't mean everybody can't speak if it's not your talent. And it also doesn't mean it also doesn't mean everybody should speak. Some people learn just to get through presentations, but maybe it's not their best avenue to go for business, and, and that's fine. It's totally okay for me. Uh, I think what you and I were talking about is I use speaking to triple my business. Speaking is the mm-hmm. absolute fastest way to grow your business. But to your point, and and to what I tell you know, kind of clients and customers at networking events is. If you're not focused in your business and you're not following through and all those things you and I have already talked about, I can guarantee you your talks are not focused, which means you're all over the place. 
Mm-hmm. So I do see, and, and it's an awkward moment, I'll be really honest with you. I do see some people that, you know, I really just, oh, I would just love to help them because I know that if they had a really good talk and mm-hmm. honed in their message that they could take it so far, that their mm-hmm. response is, well, I think I'm a pretty good speaker. And I'll tell you the kind of the, the test for there is, are you getting paid or are you paying? There's this big mm-hmm. thing out there, no pay to be on a speaker's board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I do that for only certain high-end organizations that have a reputation around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so people need to think about that. And then are you getting paid to speak? And what that looks like, are you getting clients? Are you making money? I see lots of people speaking that don't ever, they don't know how to convert that into getting paid. The whole idea is to create your expert status. And and even beneath that, you know, when you kind of compare that idea of focused in your business and focused in your speaking or your talk, it comes down to what I call, I call it mastering your message, but it's not a marketing message. And I want to be really clear about that. It's a kind of a core message of who you are in your business that shows up in every avenue of your business. So it would show mm-hmm. up on a podcast. It's going to show up on a talk. What I'm mm-hmm. speaking to you about today, Janelle, is no different than what I would speak to someone else about. You're not going to hear me all of a sudden go speak about, not that I can't speak about raising kids, but that's not like my core subject, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about consistent messaging. And when people get really clear on that in their business, it transforms into their talk. That's what they speak about. That's what makes a business grow. You now have a stake in the ground around what you do in business. Your message is clear. It doesn't mean you can't speak on kind of more than one topic. But Mm -hmm. I can speak on procrastination and I can speak on speaking, they're all going to boil down to working the way you work best, and they're all going to mm-hmm. have a component of following through and finishing. Mm-hmm. But speaking is about, it's about performance and presentation. Mm-hmm. It's about charisma and understanding what charisma is for each individual. It's not that you have to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. But if, it's also about using it as a tool and working it as a tool, which means it takes practice. And one of the challenges I see is people don't want to practice and they get so uncomfortable that they'd rather go out and wing it. And, and the number one thing is, oh, I'll, I'll wing it. I'm pretty good. And yeah, mm-hmm. you might be the first time because you're riding on adrenaline, right? Mm-hmm. You're living an adrenaline junkie. You've got that high going so things are good. But to make it repeatable and sustainable over time, it will not last. And what I love to see is a really good, I love to create a really good networking talk because I think, I mean, yes, we can get you to a platform and get people up on higher stages, but Mm -hmm. I think people growing their business, number one, need to be able to speak at a networking event in a 30 second or one minute. And I'm telling you, they can't do it. Very few people know the keys to speaking at a networking event. And the Mm -hmm. second piece of that is that 15, 20, 25 minute networking talk. How do Mm -hmm. you do that, that it's not an infomercial? What are the components needed? And I love to take that and combine it with that business so that the business grows. And then then we put a follow-up because I'm still all about the follow-up. So we put a follow-up strategy behind that. It's not just Mm -hmm. walk, do your talk, and leave. Right. But it's a way to generate leads. Yeah, and, and I love that because with the Women Network, our speakers um, speak at the chapter level and they speak for 20 minutes and people just say, I can't do it. I can't get my message across because they are oh, trying yes, to position themselves. And what I tell them is if you can get in front of your ideal client, don't worry about positioning you. Give them high value. If they're getting value, they will be lined up to know everything about you. you don't, you're going to sell yourself just by giving them value. And I think people forget that. They think they've got to 
really spend so much time on all their credentials and everything. And while that's important for people to know, they don't have to know everything up front. So, um, yeah, I, I, I love, love, I love that. that point. I love that point, Janelle, because I actually teach the exact opposite of that. And it's kind of, it's kind of like I'm the buckle in the system, right? The bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Right, And this is, you know, if, if our listeners get one big thing about speaking, I want them to understand this. When you have been chosen to speak and you have been mm-hmm. given that stage, that platform, whatever that looks like, whether mm-hmm. it be 15 minutes or 30 minutes, and I can tell you, you can do a killer 20-minute talk. Mm-hmm. Um, that is your credential right there, and it's your mm-hmm. credential to hold on to or to lose. It mm-hmm. is not your credential to prove. And mm-hmm. I see so many people waste. When you have 20, 25 minutes of a networking mm-hmm. talk, that is precious, precious time. And to right. your comment, we want value and content. Right. You can talk a little bit about what you want to do, but I would never let one of my speakers spend the first five or te- even 10 minutes. And let me tell you, I have seen it done. Right. Talk about, talk about themselves. Right. You yeah, are I, up there as kind of the, right. the instrument that the voice and the message comes through for the service of the audience. The talk mm-hmm. is actually about the audience and not about you. Right. I love that. So we, we probably have a lot of people that, that want to learn how to speak or that they're not being as effective at it. So how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about what you have to offer? Oh, I'd love to share that. Thank you. The easiest way is just to connect with me on Facebook. Uh, it's Cricket with a K, so I know I've got a little bit different name, Cricket Cody Harrison. And I have a Facebook group that you can search. It's called Bright Outside the Box, just like my business name, helping you stand out, be seen, and make money. And that's my whole purpose, right? Stand out in the way you were meant to be and to work. And that will be do your best. And I do in there, I do Facebook Lives and do teachings and trainings. And I talk about some of the stuff you and I talked about, the you know, procrastination profile or mastering your message. And I do a lot of little tidbits on networking and how to say what you do at a networking event that gets people to want to. I mean, when I go to a networking event, people hand me their card and say, I need to work with you versus me going after people. And so I mm-hmm. give a lot of those tips in my Facebook group. And I would just love to have people there. It's completely free. And it's a great way to get to know me and my style and for me to see what you're up to and to, to share what you're about. Perfect. This has been a great conversation. And I encourage our listeners to check that out because, I, you know, we're Everyone's looking for great speakers, and I think if you can get some tips, get some information, um, that's very, very valuable. So thank you so much for your time today. It's been a great conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. 
If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to be talking about the different types of media that are available and how to figure out which one is the best for you and your clients. I'm really excited for this conversation today because there are so many options, and I know it's really confusing for people to know where to start or what they should focus on. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share, Michael. Well, it is really an exciting um, topic. And, you know, technology is constantly advancing. And there are so many different ways to deliver your content to clients today. It's really more options than anybody's had in the past. Uh, You have in person, you can use video, audio, hard copy. Those are the major types that you can use. Uh, And it's really important to um, figure out which one is the best for your clients and for you as well, which one you're most comfortable with. You know, we still talk with coaches that do CDs and DVDs as well. So there's just a whole range of different options that you can use. What I've found is that the best is usually some combination of two or more of those different media. By mixing it up a bit, you engage your clients more, you keep them engaged, it gives them a little bit of variety, and it allows you to use the best media for each topic. I know I've been listening to you have a number of conversations lately with specialists in these areas, and I know you've been learning so much. So I'm really excited that when you're talking to people or helping people create courses, you're able to give them some information and insights into what's best. So what are some of the pros and cons of using audio versus video? Well, they, you know, they really do have pros and cons. They both are really good media. And actually, earlier in the show today, you heard uh, Linda Waterhouse talking about video and how that's really an up-and-coming medium. And it is definitely one of the mediums that is being used a lot today. And in fact, we run into a lot of folks that say, you just have to do video. You absolutely have to. That's where everybody's going. But in our view, you know, that's not always the case. Video is certainly engaging and people like it a lot, but there are limits to how and when you can use it. When you put your material out as videos, 
then really what happens is people do engage with it, but they have to sit and focus their attention on your video. They can't really do other things at the same time. They can't be out jogging with a, a, just a headset in. They can't be doing, uh, they can't be driving or other things. So it really is a great medium for certain topics that require either a face-to-face -face contact or in some cases a technology explanation, which is really great for video where you can actually show a screen or you can show something or you want to demonstrate something. But, you know, audio is a great alternative as well. So, you know, audio, anybody can listen to it anytime. They can repeat it as many times as they want really quickly and easily. Uh, as I said earlier, they can listen to it at the gym when they're on the treadmill. They can, you know, pop their headset in and listen to it at any time when they're in a bus station, train station, airport, wherever it might be and they can take advantage of everything that you have to offer in that audio. So it really is a lot more flexible, although not as engaging as video is. Well, and I think it's also important to look at what your learning style is. I know for me, I'm a very visual learner, so I like to see things, but there are also times when I just want to hear them. And there are times when I just want to hear something over and over and over again. I don't need to be looking at anything because I'm really writing, I'm taking notes, I'm doing that. Um, so I think you've got to understand how do you best learn? That's absolutely right. You really need to look at what your clients' needs are. Are your clients typically the kinds of folks that are visual learners? Or is the topic that you're teaching them require some type of visual interaction? Uh, I've done a lot of courses where it's video and it's basically just the coach sitting there talking to me. Well, that's really great for like the first three or four minutes, but after a while, it's not serving any purpose. It's just the person looking at you. So if that's really all you're going to do is just talk at them, you have to really step back and say, why am I doing video? And maybe I'd be better off doing an a short introduction video, which allows me to make a connection with them and then follow up maybe with a series of audios or, or other types of medium that use other advantages and, and, and really are better suited. So again, I, you know, if you're doing something technical, like I was working with a gentleman the other day, we were working to help him with a course and part of his course is he needs to explain how to log into a system. Well, that's a natural video uh, training because he can show a screen, he can talk over the screen, he can actually show you what to do. It's very clear. That'd be very hard to explain if you didn't have video to do it. Um, we worked with another um, entrepreneur who used video to uh, demonstrate some physical things. So she was talking about how to control your voice, how to control your diaphragm, how to get more volume, how to sound more authoritative. And so that, again, it's a natural video because she can actually physically show you how to breathe correctly and how to breathe incorrectly. So those really have a lot of video potential and they're really powerful when done in video, much more than any other media. But uh, again, if you're just gonna be explaining something that you could easily explain in an audio, then think about using an audio because it really helps, uh, again, the flexibility of your clients being able to listen to it anytime, anywhere, wh whenever it's convenient for them. Well, and I like when I'm doing video, I like videos that are short, 
10 to 15 minutes because then I can look at them. I can digest the topic. I can fit that in at a lot of different times during the day when I'm looking at video. For me personally, it's an hour, an hour, you know, hour plus. I think, okay, I really have to allot the time, but I think everyone's got 10 or 15 minutes in different times throughout the day. And it's actually a nice break for me to say, okay, I'm gonna take a break and here's what I'm gonna go do. So it's a productive use of my time and I'm learning something, which I think is a win-win whenever possible. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really a good point. And we do find that the better videos are, you know, five minutes or less, and sometimes two and three minutes is plenty. Uh, again, it's to make, it's the opportunity to make a connection, a visual connection with the client, but really not to just have a talking head there for 15, 20, 30 minutes. So if you want to do or incorporate video into your courses, or into your offerings, the best way to do that is just with short bursts with something that's really important that you really want to make a statement about. Well, and I love when you um, are working with clients with, through Turn Knowledge to Profit because you're really looking at what are they trying to communicate and what's the best forum to communicate that and what needs to be included. And oftentimes it helps to have someone from the outside looking at that training to really look at what's the best way to do it because we're so close to what we're doing. We think everything has to be a certain way, yet oftentimes it's much more successful when you're breaking it up and someone who is an expert in doing that like you are really can help you put it together in the most effective way for the best results. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there are different styles and, and, and different purposes for each style. You know, a lot of times we get asked by people, should I just do an on the fly video like with uh, Facebook Live or one of those and, and that's my training or should I do a more produced um, professional video? Um, I don't think there's a right and wrong answer there. Again, it depends on your audience. It depends on what you're comfortable with. It depends on your subject matter. All those things play into it. Personally, I like to, to think that if I'm buying a course, so if I'm spending three, four, five hundred, eight hundred dollars for a course, I'm not going to get a bunch of videos that somebody just took out their their phone and recorded live. Um, I like to think that they put a little bit more thought into it. It's a little bit more professional. I'm not saying that it has to be perfect like um, like a news network you see on TV. That's not the case. But at least that you put some thought into it. At least you have a nice background. You look, you know, your hair is combed. You're wearing something that looks professional. You know, you want to be the coach. You don't want to be just somebody who sort of stuck, took out their camera one day and uh, gave somebody your thoughts off the top of your head. And somehow that's training I'm going to be paying hundreds of dollars for. No, I agree. And I also think that so that's where having someone help you kind of put it all together really helps. So you can do the at home videos in a professional way. And there are very professional ways to do that. And I think also the other tools and things you have along with it, the worksheets, the handouts, those also go a long way. So it's the whole package. It's not just one piece that makes it or makes it worth a certain value. So if someone wants to turn training um, into videos or take it to that next level, how do they find someone to help them? 
Well, that's also a great question, and it's one we get asked a lot. You know, there are um, lots of partners that are out there, lots of people that are out there who can do video uh, very professionally. Uh, usually there's a, a pretty good cost associated with it. You know, in today's world, almost anybody can produce a pretty professional video at home and a pretty professional audio at home. Uh, there, you don't really need any special equipment. It's maybe a couple hundred dollars worth of equipment for a video. It's some lighting, just understanding how to light the, the scene so that you come off in the best possible way. It's having a good microphone. And beyond that, you know, anybody can do it. So uh, there's really not an excuse for I, I need to go find a professional or uh, I need to go find somebody to, to do that for me. You can certainly do it yourself. Um, if you're not comfortable doing that, there are, like I said, a lot of professionals that will do that. Um, they're, you know, and you can find them anywhere. Um, what I would say is that, you know, to find partners, I would always, always recommend first talking to your network. You know, if you're a member, for example, of eWomen Network, as we are, uh, you know, those are questions I ask when we go to the monthly luncheons. You know, does somebody know a good video person or a good uh, photo person or a good audio person? Uh, and there's almost invariably, I get three or four names that come out of every single uh, networking session. So um, they really all are all around and you just need to tap your network, find those people, and usually you can get a really good price and, and uh, use those folks if you uh, feel like you need to. Absolutely. And don't let needing help with video or not being able to afford getting it done professionally stop you from developing your courses. Start with having a good solid plan, which I know you do really well. So if you're interested in doing that, please let us know, connect with us and connect with us on Facebook at Turn Knowledge to Profit and let us know what your preferred method of training is how do you like to learn and connect with Michael at tk2p.com if you'd like to learn more about creating products. Again, that's Michael at tk2p.com. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.